This episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who donated $1 a month through Craft Sanity's Patreon page. Learn more at CraftSanity.com. Well, if you couldn't express yourself, how would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing and knit and paint and dance and spin, would you go crazy? Well, if you're going crazy... Craft Sanity, Craft Sanity, Art and Craft Creativity, Interviews with people who make, they are here to help keep you sane. Craft Sanity, Craft Sanity, Craft Sanity. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. This is episode 163, and I have to tell you that this episode has actually awakened something in me that I am trying so desperately to suppress. My love of letterpress printing. I'm one of these people who, when I got into weaving, I got a floor loom, and I thought this would satisfy everything that I, I, every urge I had about weaving. But no, I needed to have another weaving loom. And then another weaving loom. And then pretty soon I started making weaving looms and they're all over my house. And then I got into printmaking and pretty much the same thing happened where I needed a press. And then I'm like, you know, I need to have a press I can carry around with me. So I'm waiting for my second press to be completed. So who is my guest this week? I'm Erin Beckloff. I'm 31 years old, and I live in Springboro, Ohio, which is near Dayton, and between Dayton and Cincinnati, and my project is pressing on the letterpress film. I am thrilled beyond belief to have Erin on the show, and I found her through Instagram. I think she liked one of my photos, and then I looked over. I saw letterpress. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> she had my full and undivided attention, and then I watched these clips, and there's a actually a beautiful scene where there's this beautiful press just running under some great lighting. And I'm like, man, that is a beautiful, beautiful machine. (laughs) And I would love it. (laughs) So anyway, I think this is really fun what she's doing. She's interviewing people who have been printing all their lives and capturing that information and trying to preserve that for the rest of us who want to learn this craft as well. I want to thank the folks at ACS Home and Work for keeping the podcast going. Thank you so much, Ted, for your just encouragement and for giving me some great fabric to print on. Ted and the the folks over at ACS Home and Work have great tea towels. And for all you letterpress printers out there, I encourage you to start printing on those because they're fun to print on. If you want to know which ones to pick, send me an email and I'll tell you. And I also want to thank my Patreon sponsors for continuing to support me as I do this show. And I know you know, I've been, as of late, a woman with a bit of an identity crisis. And I thought my identity crisis was over, you know, with since losing my newspaper job and all that. And um, and then something happened today where this school official, like, didn't know if he really could let me in the school to do a story because I'm not associated with the local newspaper that I've been associated with my whole adult life, the whole time I lived in Grand Rapids. And it kind of gave me pause for a second because I was just like, hey, wait a second. Huh? I'm, I know how to do this, you know? <laughs> but what I'm so thankful for is that I have Craft Sanity and all of you folks who support it because at the end of the day, I'm not a woman without a place. I mean, this is my place and I'm very happy here. And I thank you so much for supporting what I do. Now is the time, folks, to settle in. And let's hear what Erin has to say about this fantastic documentary project that she has underway. So you are, I understand, a visiting instructor of graphic design at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Yep. So I have the summer off and I'm hoping, you. yeah, this summer will be dedicated to the film as long as we can get it funded. So yeah, that's my hope. So when did this start, your love affair with type and letterpress? <laughs> it was kind of similar to how you got started. Um, I, I got a few fonts or just single alphabets, really, of type that I would keep on my desk at work. I was working in advertising agencies after college, and I love that, too. But 
Um, I received a Kelsey five by eight press printing press from my uh, in-laws for my mother-in-law and Bruce as a wedding gift. So oh my goodness, what a great gift. Yeah, that was, what, Whoa. yeah, that started it. So and, awesome. Yeah. My husband encouraged me to learn how to use the press, which led me to reach out to some friends. And I got to do an internship at Hat Showprint in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, awesome. And then um, it was just one of those things. The letterpress community just takes you in and they want to help you. And so I would meet one person who would introduce me to another and say, oh, you have to meet Dave Churchman in Indianapolis. And then I went to visit Dave, who's one of the people in the Kickstarter video. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the Hamilton Woodtype and Printing Museum's Ways Goose in the fall. And that's almost like a family reunion now. I mean, we look forward to it so much. And I, so that started, I started going to the Ways Goose five years ago, became a, print, a printer about six years ago. And so then I didn't have any, I only had that small press and a few fonts of type. So I went back to my alma mater, Miami, and talked to my former professors. And they let me use the print shop that we had that wasn't being used at the time. It had a Vandercook SP20 and a bunch of type. And uh, the students became interested, and I was offered the opportunity to teach as an adjunct, so I created a letterpress course. And wow, that was, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's what got me into teaching, um, was finding how much I love sharing it with others. And I had a chance to teach a graphic design course, um, How I Brand Studio, which is a client-based class. And uh, then now I've moved into a full-time role, and I'm working on my MFA in graphic design through the Vermont College of Fine Arts. So I'm hoping to stay in the academic world. Um, the film is actually a part of my graduate studies as well. So it's like my whole world's coming together right now with this project, which is phenomenal. That's awesome. So is this uh, one of your graduation requirements then, kind of a final project for... Sort of. It's My program is a low resident model. So okay. it's all independent study. So the, the, I'm actually was in my first semester, uh, when I started the project. So this is going to contribute to my research about, uh, revitalization of craft and design education and the importance of physical making. It's a lot of what I read is important to you. I mean, trying to have that balance of doing oh, yeah. happy and working with your hands and doing physical design, I think is so important. And what connects people to letterpress, I mean, that's what's so neat. The way the letterpress course at Miami is what it's become is it's a collaborative group of architecture, interior designers, journalism majors, graphic designers, studio majors. We're getting art historians now. And it's just really neat to see the way everybody enjoys the process of letterpress so much. You're seeing this come back full force where you're having people show up in your classes that really feel like that same tendency like they is it kind of a thirst that people have to get back to those basics it, it absolutely is and I, I don't think people even realize how much they need it until they pull that first print mm -hmm. and and the look on their face and that for, first experience of setting the type and taking the time and, and doing the tedious work and then pulling that print and seeing that you you created that is it's something that that we found in doing the interviews with the with the we only did the two interviews with the Daves who are both in their 80s they had that spark and that connection to this process when they were our age. And mm -hmm. now to see young students who do have technology and could do things faster, but seeing them decide to go and work in the letterpress shop for an evening and, and be printing and making things just because it makes them happy way beyond what's expected for the coursework. Yeah, I think it, it is something. I think it's something that they need that they don't realize that they need. It's something just deep down, like physically making is, is so important. And yeah, it's just fun to see it and experience it with them. Well, well tell me about the first print you pulled. Was it on the press that you got from uh, as, as a wedding present or was it on a different press? Did you learn on that press? Yeah, I, I got my press and I really didn't know what I was doing. A friend, Steve Robinson of Letter Preservation, I took my press down and he showed me how to set it up and kind of gave me a starter kit. And um the first thing I printed was actually my press name is Inky Wink E Press. So it's Wink with an E on it because I collect the letter E. And I, <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of E's in my shop. A lot of them didn't make it into the video, but that's probably good. <laughs> <laughs> it's obsessive. Um, yeah, so I think I think that's natural. Like you don't really know what words to print. So a lot of people choose their press name or their right. their name. And so, yeah, that was the very first thing I did on my press was was Inky Winky Press so that I had had that in in ink on paper with type so it was fun. What kind of paper did you use? Um it was uh so funny that I remember. Uh it was a French uh cord tone. I think it was one of the ones one of the really nice French paper speckle tones with the with the texture. And did it come out really nice? Were you happy with that first print? No, it was terrible. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I kept it and I have it and I, I wrote down that that was the first one. As a journalist and a writer 
I am completely like obsessed with the whole concept of being able to choose my words carefully mm-hmm. and print them letter by letter, like, you know, and set the yeah. type and all that. And, and I find it just so fascinating. So I totally understand when mm-hmm. I was watching the clip from, you know, the parts of your, your documentary that you've shot so far and you put out there on Kickstarter and YouTube and I'm watching this stuff and I'm just like, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I subscribe to all of this, yeah. <laughs> all of it. I understand, you know, and it's, it's so uh, wonderful too, because we are at that point where some of these people that you're meeting are up there in age you know, and, and there aren't a lot of people in that gap between the people in their twenties and thirties who want to learn this and the people in their seventies and eighties who, uh, you know, did this their whole life, you know, mm-hmm. um, we, we need to kind of pass on that knowledge. So do you feel like you're, this has kind of become more than just a personal interest, but more of a mission? Does it feel that way to you? Uh, yeah, it absolutely has. Um, really, the reason something that really spurred made me want to do this right now was uh, Dave Pete, who's in the film. Um, he's a dear friend of mine. Um, we've been friends for five years, and we're very close. But I mean, like a lot of people, when you get older, your health isn't isn't great, and the fear of of not getting to capture all this knowledge that he has, all these stories he can share. I mean, he's been printing since the '60s, and mm-hmm. he is just the most, one of the most interesting people I've ever met. And one of the kindest, most generous too. I mean, at the Hamilton Ways Goose in the, in the fall, Dave will, will bring like a hundred, over a hundred things, wood type fonts, small presses, specimen books, all kinds of treasures from letterpress history. And he'll just give them away to the people that are attending the conference because wow, wow. it's not just his knowledge. It's, it's also the actual artifacts and the actual equipment that he wants to share. And he was what he was a lot of the reason I wanted to do this. But then also a lot of the other individuals that I want to be in the film are are typecasters. And a lot of them weren't doing it professionally. It's something that they learned just because they they got hooked. They loved it just as like we have. Like you pull that first print and it's like, okay, there's my first press. And I mean, I already have five or six presses at this point. <laughs> it is. It's addicting. Dave yeah. Pete calls it a disease. And it is a disease, but it's it's a really fun disease. <laughs> oh yeah. Of course. So yeah. Yeah. The idea of not being able to share what I've gotten to experience with these people, it was just really important to me to be able to show that to others as well. As far as your documentary goes, what is your your vision for this? What are you trying to do? I mean obviously you're trying to tell the story, pass on the knowledge, but how many people are you trying to interview and what kind of scope? Are you going to travel the country? What is yeah. your plan? Um, our initial plan and and what we've budgeted and what the Kickstarter would fund is we have 11 initial uh, characters. I love the idea, cast of characters, <laughs> you know, so all that, all that fun letter, all the fun letterpress and typography puns. Um, and, and the cast is primarily made up of individuals that are the living history. So I've been calling them the preservation generation. Um, that includes Dave Pete, who's a collector of 19th century everything, has an incredible collection of 19th century specimen books in type. And then um, you go into Rich Hopkins, who is a monotype caster and wrote the book on monotype casting. And Stan Nelson, who can cast by hand, cast type by hand like Gutenberg did in a hand mold. Um, And then you transition into people like Paul Aiken at the Platten Press Museum, who has taught Jen Farrell of Starshape Press uh, a lot of what she knows. I mean, she also did um, Apprentice with uh, Fireproof Press, I believe. And um, Jen, if you know her work, it's incredible. Um, she does amazing things with ornaments. She takes uh, printer's ornaments and makes the most elaborate um, skylines or letter forms. She just did a special um, artist or limited edition book called Alphabet of Sorts. So looking at how my hope is to show the living history of uh, show the history of printing through people that are still doing it. And looking at how the older generation continued the craft and then how the newer generation is is using the traditional methods, but also using it in innovative ways. So the way Jen is using ornaments and typographic ornaments is much different than the way the traditional way people would have, but it's incredible. And Letterpress is interesting because it was a trade and it made a shift from being an essential profession, important technology for communication for everyone, for the world. And now it's being taken on by such a range of people, but that's what I love about it. It brings people together, even though, I mean, you were printing, you're printing on cloth and you say that kind of apologetically, like you're doing some cloth, <laughs> but you're not. I mean, you're using Yeah, it. I'm really not sorry about it. It's just oh, different. Okay. okay. You said it kind of guiltily. No, I, I, I looked at all my prints yesterday. I hung them up in my studio and I, um, they're all on fabric. I have like two on paper and I yeah. have paper, just stacks of paper sitting there. And anytime I'm printing, I, gra- I grab fabric and, you know, yeah, yeah. So 
And that's, and I'm a little more traditional in how I work, but I love that ever that people are using it in different ways. And that's, I mean, keeping using the type and using the presses, the whole mantra of, of Hat Showprint and Hamilton is preservation through production. And, and that's, that's one of the ideas is to show with the film is to show the world that if you have a printing press sitting in your basement, there's probably someone out there who would love to be using it to make something new. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so neat about this, about letterpress is you can collect the equipment and the type, and then you can use it to make something new. And there's not very many art forms or craft or acts of craft or, or printmaking, whatever you want to call letterpress. I mean, everybody calls it something different, but um, that can let you make something new and then share it with others. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, what's really exciting. And so, yeah, definitely showing the stories and also showing the community that I talk about, how everybody helps each other. Um, I don't know. Some art forms or some artist communities are a little more competitive. They don't want to share their secrets. But in letterpress, if you learn to do something new, everybody wants to tell everybody how to do this new right. tech. Because <laughs> right. we're all figuring it out together. We don't right. have we don't we aren't all apprentices for six years or seven years like they used to be. So we learn from each other and it's amazing. Yeah. Well, so for you, I mean, given that you're teaching and mm-hmm. it seems like your interest in, in letterpress really like led to this whole new career for you. And um, how much time do you get to spend doing your own letter, operating your own press? <laughs> um, it's funny. I don't get to print as much as I would like right now. <laughs> um, actually, my semester plan for grad school is to make a lot of things. And so while we're producing the documentary, I'm also going to be, um, hope I'm hoping to be able to print while I'm at some of these places. So I haven't talked to Hatch yet, but I'm hoping maybe I can get on one of their big presses and and make some big, make some huge prints. And so I'm, I'm trying to find my place to do that too, because I love, I love the community and I love networking. I enjoy writing myself as well. And so trying to find that time to make myself, I finally got to run my CMP, um, which is awesome, which is in the, the one in the film. That's my press. Oh, that's your press. The one that's by itself, just running. (laughs) Yeah, oh, like, I love that scene. That oh, was a yeah. really great scene. I was like, wow, that's glorious. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all standing there. We're like, oh, yeah, that's good. I like that. Oh, yeah. No, it's lit. It's lit. Well, it's it. No, it looks beautiful. No, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. So I finally inked that up a few weeks ago because we I was waiting to get a motor. We actually just moved so that I could have a new shop. So the shop in the second part of the video is mine. And um, I'm hoping to get to print more. I do a lot of printing for um, conferences I go to. So for Hamilton or for the Amalgamated Printers Association, the APA Ways Goose. Um, I print for the APA where that's an organization that actually almost everyone in the film is in that organization. And um, oh, so right now we have that cast of 11 characters or class of 11 printers that are going to be in the film. But I'm really hoping that we can add more because we um, working with Bayonet, they're incredibly talented. We're taking a crew of four or five of us everywhere we go. And it's a lot. I mean, it's expensive to travel and be able to have the quality of what I want the film to be, which is why I partnered with Bayonet. And um, so we're hoping to add more. I'd love to get down to Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas, to see John Horn. I'd love to get to um, – I want to add Hamilton Woodtype and get Steph and Jim on board, which I, I think we'll be able to squeeze them in for sure. But, uh, yeah, it'd be great to get, get out to the West Coast. I'm making some connections there through, through, the, through the Kickstarter. So we'll just have to see how it goes. <laughs> but Well, it sounds great. It sounds really great. Yeah. Yeah. And so for you, you're kind of doing – so much at once. You're finishing grad exactly. school. You're doing a very exciting documentary project, and um, and also doing some teaching. It seems like you you keep the conversation going on many different levels when you're able to do all those things at once. It has an interesting synchronicity to it. Um, when I started at VCFA in October, all of a sudden things just sort of started to align, and so I found Bayonet because my best friend's brother is uh, one of my partners now, Joe, and another classmate of mine from VCFA knew my knew the Bayonet guys from when he he teaches at Ball State, and so. Uh, it was just like, this is sort of meant to happen, um, or it's just that I started to see the connections. I'm not sure. It's just kind of the right time, and it's great because my students are really excited about this, and most, a lot of them are taking letterpress and now taking printmaking because they like letterpress so much, my graphic design majors. I'm making connections within graphic design. I got to talk to Stephen Heller about the film, and he gave us a really incredible testimonial supporting it, and I'm going to get to talk to Tobias Fair-Jones about the film in a week or so, so... It is all connected and it is a lot, but for me, it's just a a balance of today we're going to work mostly on the film and then tomorrow I have to teach all day and then I'll do grades. And so it's kind of working right now. I mean, it's exhausting. I don't really want to do a Kickstarter for any longer than we are, but, but yeah, the connections are worth it and the information that I'm getting out of all of this. 
Yeah, well, it sounds like it's, I mean, I can't even imagine like how exciting this must be because you're going to be at the end of this project, you are going to have this network that is beyond incredible with letterpress printing. And um, that's got to be pretty exciting to you. Yeah, I, I thought that I knew a lot of printers because <laughs> I'm a huge, I'm a, I'm, I'm a very social person at all the conferences. I, I run around, I, I meet somebody, I'm like, oh, you should meet so-and-so. I take them over there to meet the other person. And and I love that, but I am, I'm amazed. Like there's people emailing from Edinburgh, Scotland saying they put it on their blog. And then wow. I got an email from a line of, former Linotype operator in Australia who saw a poster on my wall that our friend Clint made that we both had, but here I am here in Ohio and he's in Australia. And so Letterpress really does connect people all over the world. And, and it's, it's really neat to get these emails. I got a message on Kickstarter from a guy who bought um bought a shop in Northern Ohio and he's a graphic designer who just wanted to use the space and the letterpress equipment was there and it's just there and he's waiting to figure out how to use it. And so I hope this encourages people to start to ask people for help. So with the collection of presses you have, you got the first one as a gift, but then have yep. you been buying these things or acquiring them I and mean, how are they coming to you? It's a combination. Um, I, I got my Kelsey as a gift and then I got a show card press. I bought that from my friend Steve and then my Vandercook was next and that was just good timing. I was in Kansas City where I'd lived before visiting Hammer Press. I was visiting friends at Sullivan at SHS and then went to Hammer Press and they said, Brady said, I think we're going to sell one of our Vandercooks. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. But I actually could afford it. And so I did a four color. I actually did polymer at that point. I don't, I don't, I don't do as much polymer anymore just because I love the traditional, mm -hmm. but did an invitation, was able to pay for my press. And then um, my big one, the CMP 10 by, um, 10 by 15, I actually got saved from University of Dayton. Um, they were going to get rid of it. And they said, if I could come get it within a few weeks, then it, it could be mine. So wow, cool. yeah, you're right. Sometimes it is good timing. And, and that's the hard thing. Like letterpress is so fun to get into, but it's hard because things have gotten expensive because mm -hmm. it's gotten so popular. And so Sometimes it's just patience and sometimes it's getting to know the older people in the community who who may know where things are. Um, older printers, I'm not sure how you find them, but I, I tend to. But I also talk to everyone I meet about letterpress, like poor right. strangers in the grocery store. I'm telling them about <laughs> letterpress. Like, it's just what I do. But yeah. But it's led to some things where someone's like, oh, that guy, he was a, a linotype guy back in the day. And so, yeah, I hope I hope that there are still a lot of presses out there and that maybe the film helps to bring some of those out of basements or out of out of barns so that younger printers can get started and and continue the tradition. So where would you go if you're looking to just get some magnets and things? can you order some of this stuff online? Like, from, yeah, it's like or like a I don't know. Are they making new new equipment like this or do you have to get just old stuff? Um, in terms of presses, there's not any new presses being made I know of, but there's a lot of the old, a lot of the equipment is still being produced or able, you're able to get it. Um, NA Graphics is a really great resource. Um, they're in Silverton, Colorado, but they have a website. You can call for it, get what you need. They have all the Vandercook parts, um, which is really great when you need something. Um, American Printing Equipment is where I've gotten like my gauge pins and smaller things like that. My line gauges, they're still, still producing new things. And, um, and then also like Dave Churchman is in Indianapolis, um, his boutique to junk. He has a lot of supplies. And then, um, I know John Barrett is out on the East coast and I don't know who the West coast, oh, well, I guess Fritz might be the best one there, but you can go on Briar Press. That's yeah. I've been on that. Um, I've yeah. lost many hours of my life on Briar Press. Um. It is. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a black hole of, of treasures and yes, knowledge. It is. Great. I, I wanted to tell you one other thing. I don't know if it's probably not very clear on the Kickstarter, but um, my dad is Scott Moore of Moore Wood Type. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, didn't make, I didn't make that connection really. Of course, I maybe I didn't look closely enough. Um, does it say that on here? It might say it down the legacy chromatic, the ornament, the legacy, the two color ornament I designed and my dad is cutting. That was kind of a partnership we decided. Oh, yeah. Wow. Did well, you... that's pretty cool. Yeah. So he got into it because of me. Um, he was an industrial arts teacher, a high school teacher. And when he retired, well, before he retired, he wanted to make me some hearts from printing. And he ordered the maple and it wasn't type high. And so he decided he'd figure out how to make the maple himself. And he did. And now he makes the end grain maple and uses a sanding machine he made and created and then a hacker block leveler he got from that used to be at ATF, the American when it was the American type foundry. And um and yeah, my dad's amazing. And so now he has a pantograph. He based it off of Hamilton's and then he wow. took a smaller one and made it. And so he'll take that to schools, um, kind of within Ohio right now, but he'll bring it to my school. My students get to, to try their hands at cutting type. 
And um, yeah, it's really fun because we get to go to the conferences together. And my mom and my husband are, they know more about letterpress than they ever wanted to, but um, they're really supportive and great about it too. That's really awesome. And yeah. what is it? What is the, did you already design the ornament or is that something that you're going to design? Yeah, it's all set. It's ready to go. Um, it's supposed to be, I designed it. I wanted each ornament to print on its own to represent the older generation and the newer generation. And then I, when they're printed together, they create a third color. So that's why it's called a chromatic. And chromatic type is really rare. And so I wanted to make something really special in honor of the film to be a reward. And so that's one of the one of the Kickstarter rewards. And, and it will be available in other sizes and things after the project is done. Oh, that's really cool. So this is going to be, uh, how big is this, uh, the ornament then that you're the one on there is an inch, so okay. it's it's six line. So yeah, you get two one inch ornaments, and Dad makes all kinds of type. And there's only three people in the world, companies in the world doing type. There's all, oh no, Hamilton's making type again too, and then there's Virginwood type. They're in Rochester, um, and they do more full fonts and things. And they're really good friends. We our little wood type family. We all really care about each other. Yeah, so. yeah. And your dad's company again is, is uh, my dad's more wood type. M O R E. Yeah. yeah, I've been on that site actually. Yeah. Um, His daughter, he talks about, that's me. He writes about me a lot. Yeah, no, that's really exciting. (laughs) Well, this will be cool, too. Yeah, that that people can, because those are still available. Yeah. uh, The ornaments that, so that's something that, um, so for people who are printing, how many things I'm looking, I'm scrolling through your rewards now. So you're going to have things from prints. And it sounds like people in the documentary are actually contributing prints. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah, seven of the prints, the eight by ten, we're calling it the Pressing On Printers Collection. Um, you can buy those individ- you can get those individually on the Kickstarter, or you can get the whole set. And so, yeah, seven of the characters that are in the film are making prints. And the all I asked of them was if they could, um, they want. I wanted them to think about what letterpress means, and that could be what's letter, what does, what's a definition of letterpress, or what does it mean to them. And so that's where the inspiration came from. So Greg Walters, Gregory Walters did. Um, you're just my type because to him, the type is what's most important. And he did it. It's on this exquisite purple velvety looking stock. And then he used a a gold bronzing powder on top of the beautiful wood type borders and wood types. I mean, it's just like, you just, yeah, you just want to hold it and look at it all day long. It's so exquisite. Um, And the paper, I should say the Appleton coated gave us all the paper for those prints and they're an awesome supporter of the film and sponsor. And, um, yeah, Hatch Showprint is going to be making a poster. Uh, we will be going to Hatch, and Selene Aubrey is going to be the character in the film representing Hatch because she's the manager there and also talking about her feeling about being in this new generation of printers. Um, so, yeah, so we have Hatch posters. Um, Greg is casting, going to cast 120 point, which is about an inch and two-thirds metal letters, which might not be clear. I need to take a better picture of those. Because they're, they're really heavy. They weigh about a pound each once wow. they're cast. He's the only one that I know of that has a machine that can actually cast that big of metal type. And we'll be casting them in the film. So we'll catch, capture footage of him making the letters. And you get to pick which one you want. Oh, wow. So it's fun. Yeah, the, the type metal like sprays everywhere once in a while when he's using this machine. And it also came out of ATF. Wow. Type factory. That's so really awesome. So you so it must have been fun just coming up with all these rewards. Yeah, and I didn't even always have to ask. I mean, like my friends at Hamilton, Stephanie and Jim, they were like, Aaron, what can we do? And so Hamilton had an experience, the tour has already gone and they're putting note cards for us because um I'm really close to Hamilton when they were having their move and trying to raise money to save the museum. Um I printed thank you notes and I went up there and helped move pack the press room and, and everybody did. And that was another example of the community, the design and letterpress community coming together to save something that was important. And so now they're giving back by making things for the film and my friends are just amazing. And then the press, we just were uh, through the Kickstarter, TNT Press Restoration came and wanted to give us a Kelsey 5x8 restored press and starter kit. So that's something we just put up yesterday. And um, so someone can actually get completely started. They can order this. They can buy that reward, take that reward, whatever. I never know what verb to use. Um, support the film by getting that reward. And they'll have a press shipped to their in a crate to their house with a starter kit. And then Dave Pete's giving us an ink and a bunch of other stuff. So you can really just get started as soon as it arrives. That's so. really incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, th- so this is just fun for people to participate and I hope. a great way to um, to back <laughs> you. And right now it looks like you're at, um, I think there's 16 days left and you're at $26,384. And you need to have, uh, what is your total that you're going for? Our goal is 65. Okay. So. Yeah, we're nearly halfway through the campaign and we're at about 40% funding. So Okay. 
And now the photo of you, or the it's actually it's a still shot, but the one on the main page, it looks like it's uh-huh. part of the, it's part of the film. Um, your your little introduction of your Kickstarter uh-huh. is that your studio um, yeah. that you're in? Yeah, that's my studio. Yeah, so. that is beautiful. Oh, that's thank really you. beautiful. Yeah. And so you have the press that's right by you. Is that your which press is that? The one that's right next to you. Oh, that's another one. That was a that's a special one. It's um a historic one I was given. So okay, so another you, baby. Do you actually print on that one? I haven't yet, but I'm going to. Yes, it's from around 1853, but oh they goodness. all work. That's what's amazing. They're made so well that they absolutely work. See, that's the thing is they don't things are not made that way anymore. No, uh, you know, not. so there's no way that something that's over 100 years old would like made today would, yeah. would still work. I mean, it's all right. plastically and <laughs> cheap so now <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. True. so that's what makes these things so wonderful because it really if you think about all the people that printed before on these machines mm-hmm. uh it's really kind of a an, an awesome thing and then to think that you could hand this down to somebody the next generation you know when you get to a point where you're like okay i yeah. can let one of my presses go yeah um and uh it's kind of it's kind of cool to just think about the history who mm-hmm. handled the type before you did and what mm-hmm. did they print and you know, yeah. um, so there's so much story wrapped up in all of these, all this equipment. And um, is there the the three places, you know, your dad's doing wood type. Yeah. Um, and then there's two other companies. Now, are these things that are, I know your dad started recently because he was mm-hmm. inspired by you. But uh-huh. do you think we're going to see a resurgence? Do you think anybody is going to start making presses again? I mean, do you think that's going to happen? There's a there's a huge demand for it, and I think there's still a lot a lot of presses out there to be found. I know Heidelberg's still making more Heidelberg windmills, but I don't know. I mean, I, it's getting to a point where it's so expensive that if someone could start making show card presses, like you said, poster presses or um, those smaller presses, like a tabletop, something that someone could have an apartment, then that's something that would be very accessible to a lot of printers. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be a need, but I don't know if anybody that's going to do it yet. And the molds are still out there. Um, I mean, people could be casting more, but I don't know. I think right now there's still enough presses in basements. and That you just have to find one. Yeah, you just sort of have to hunt. But the type, it's really exciting that people are making the type. Um, they Most of them have started recently. And letterpress has been growing since the 90s um, when Martha Stewart started talking about why it was great for wedding invitations. But um, the resurgence, I agree. I, I, I've noticed that it is about the screen. It's about getting away from the screen. I think we're in a little bit of a revitalization of arts and crafts to some degree. Same reaction that happened then to the industrial revolutions happening now to the mm-hmm. technological. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I hope I hope people don't have too much trouble finding presses. I, I keep saying the best thing to do is just reach out and ask. Like maybe call call a local printer, even a, if it's like a copy shop, there's a chance they have a press in their back room. That's the thing. Like, cause no one wants to throw these away. Well, yeah. there's usually too heavy to even move. So they just work around yeah. it. Cause they're like, man, we don't want to rent a U-Haul or, you know? Yeah. yeah. So totally yeah. True. So they're often just parked there. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I think it's, it's really um, fantastic. Um, just what you're doing. I mean, what has been the most surprising thing to you as you've been, you know, meeting all these people and, I mean, is there anything that stands out that's pretty surprising or meaningful or what was, you know, if you had to kind of talk about one of the poignant memories that you've had so far or a connection you made with somebody, is there any, anything you could share with the folks at home? With the film, for the film or becoming a letter? Well, just, it it doesn't, either one. I mean, if there's something that in in research for the film or just in your journey as a letterpress printer. It's kind of all the people. But it's that it's that natural connection that happens. And I think um, my friend Tammy and Adam Wynn are a good example. So because Tammy is in her 30s, I'm in my 30s. And here we are great friends with Dave Pete, who's 82. <laughs> yeah. and we were visiting Dave. And it was really funny because Dave's wife was telling us that his kids were asking questions about us like, who are these people like, oh, they must be in their 50s. Oh, no, they're 30. And it's I think to me, <laughs> the best part is that that letterpress takes away all the, there's no, no definitive, there's no age barrier. Like everybody is just friends. And, and this collection of people is, it's so much fun to be together. And we're so happy when we are together and we can talk about type and, and geek out about a specimen book and all drool over someone's new wood type font they got, or look at the picture, like talk, swap stories about having to move those huge presses into our houses. Like that's one of my favorite questions for people is what was the hardest thing you've ever had to move? Cause we've all done it. It's mm-hmm. terrifying, but um, it's the, the common, the common things that people share. And actually one of the, 
letterpress is a listserv and um for letterpress people to share comments and and just share advice and things like that and somebody posted um posted the film on letterpress someone named Rachel Marsh and she's in the UK and she talked about that the film really resonated with her because she has that same connection and same community in the UK and so it's not just something even though the film's going to be here and we're filming american printers and people have preserved it here it's something that's universal and that feeling that you get and i get when we print and that feeling is something that we all share and i think that's what connects us so that's the most special thing and i think that's great because i hope that that connection continues to happen as more people see the film and get excited about it so well you're definitely celebrating that with the documentary and i do i can't let you go without asking so what sure. was the hardest thing that you had to move um <laughs> I, I think my CMP was definitely the hardest thing I had to move. Um, it's that last three inches when that huge press is about three inches off the ground and you can't, you have to like put the blocks of wood and use the jack and just get it down as slowly as possible. It's, there's nothing you can do. If it's going to fall over, it's going to fall over. <laughs> you just have to get it down that last three inches to the floor. <laughs> How many people did you have involved in this, in this move? Um, different people helped each time. My dad always is the constant helper. And then, um, my grandpa was there one time and, um, good friends of ours, Scott and my uncle John and Jared, my husband is never here when we're moving presses. That's always the deal. You can get that press as long as it's when I'm out of town. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Well, you know what? That might not be a bad deal. No, because it's not. you don't want to wear the man down that you live with, right? It's, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially if he's saying okay to the press. Yeah, exactly. Another he's saying one. those magic words. You know, okay, <laughs> but I won't be there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so if people want to connect uh, with you, if they have a suggestion of who they think you might want to interview, or yeah. um, they just want to, you know, get in touch, what's the best way to reach you? Um, I, actually, it'd be great to email info at letterpressfilm.com. Would be ideal. That'll okay. be me. So, yeah, you can reach me there or um, feel free to reach out to me on social media. Um, letterpress at Letterpress Film is our everything hashtag handle, all that stuff. So, yeah, we're out there. And I mean, my partners are also answering things. But if it's ever a Letterpress technical question, they're like, Aaron, Aaron, you have to get on the Instagram. I'm like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> well, and how many partners do you have? Like you're you're obviously the main uh, driving force here trying to get this thing done. Um but who? How many people are on your team? Let's give a shout out to those folks as well. Yes. Oh well, and and I am I'm a driving force, but they're definitely doing tons. I mean, my partners. Uh, we have Letterpress Film LLC. It is Andrew P. Quinn, Joe Vella, Kevin Grazioli, and me. So those are the four of us at that at the around the table. That, those are the partners that'll be producing the film. Are those the folks in the in the photo on the Kickstarter? Yes. The production team there. Yes, the production team. That's okay. I love that aerial photo too. That's yeah. Cool. They're so good. It's so great to work with people that have such. Can I ask you how they took that photo was it from a second floor or do they suspend a camera what did they do yeah it was just mounted so the whole same way we printed the the bed of the Vandercook with the pressing on type they just they have this kind of l bracket i'm sure i'm using the wrong terms i'm sorry guys um <laughs> that holds the camera above and so yeah that was how they got that one and they're just they're great they're so talented they have this wait till you see this video of my dad cutting type they we're gonna release it i think next week they do this like great slow motion pan of my dad and the pantograph and like the oh, sweet. it's good but um yes the guys and then the, the rest of the guys at bayonet uh dustin and freddie are doing awesome work for us and um my friend a lot of people are chipping in my best friend Lindsay, our new friend dan there's a lot of people helping and, and just everyone sharing it i think that's the other cool thing is to see just friends and family and I've, I call everyone in letterpress my friend because I care so much about them, but just putting it out there, it's it's incredible. What recommendations do you have for being able to have to confidently get that first press and not get yourself into a situation where you're, you have a broken press that you can't fix and you can't print on it? I'd recommend starting out with um, taking a class or a workshop. Um, there's a lot of book art centers in different areas. Um, there's one in, uh, or even shops that may not be a traditional, like you have San Francisco center for the book or Minnesota. Right. Um, Independent shops teach workshops too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so sometimes it's just a matter of reaching out to one of the independent shops and asking if they ever do one-on-one -on -one classes and you, and they may not publicize it, but they may end up choosing to help. And then getting to use different presses and seeing which one you're really comfortable on, even though you you like the the flatbed, you may find that you actually like a, a pilot or a smaller platen press because sure. just because it just depends. And I think that trying them and deciding what you like is a is always a good way to go if you can find some place or take a week long workshop or go to I mean you can even go to a lot of the conferences like the Ways Goose. Ways Ways Goose is a term for a letterpress conference. It's a historic term that 
that is getting used still for the historic, the gathering of printers. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hamilton has one. They have one in Tacoma. They have them all over the country now. When is the Hamilton Goose Goose? Hamilton's is usually the first weekend of November. Um, And it's really fun. Like I said, it's it's family reunion time. And, but there's usually classes beforehand. Another good place, which is right in the middle of the country, is uh, Printers Hall, Mount Pleasant, Iowa. Um, Ladies of Letterpress is having their Type on the Cob conference there in June. We'll be in Chicago. The, the, the Chicago's is being hosted by Jen Farrell of Starshape Press. Um, it's going to be a great time. So going to those conferences, often there's workshops or classes beforehand with mm-hmm. people that know how to use the equipment. And then Deciding which one you want, I agree, it is better. It's nice to get one that's that's working and in good shape. And then just trying to find the local place to get rollers is sometimes the only thing you have to do. And then asking for help, that's how I got into it, was can you show me how to use this press that I just got to somebody in the area? And that usually makes it a little easier, too. Right, so you're not struggling and crying. Um. <laughs> I don't know how to make it. Yeah, I had my gauge pins upside down. I was terrible when I started, but... You just learn from each other. Well, I don't know if there's anything that I didn't ask you that you would like people to know about your project or your, your press or your journey as a letterpress printer. I hope it doesn't sound insincere because I keep saying thank you and how excited I am and honored I am that everyone's helping. But it is what you said. I'm just really um, amazed by the outpouring of support from the people I know and the people that I'm looking forward to knowing in the future with this. And I hope I get to meet a lot of these people in person and I hope I get to tour around and see people's print shops and see what they're doing and, and all their different collections and presses when the film hopefully is completed. So that's in the future too. So I hope this is something that can continue and I can, can be a person who continues to connect the community and help people find their first press or help people find a class or workshop to take. So just don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to connect more people with this if, they, if they're if they interested. Well, that sounds great. And I wish you all the best as you're wrapping up your graduate studies and working on Thanks. this. Uh, what is your timeline? When can we expect to see the letterpress film showing? When will it be done? What is your target? Well, we're hoping... We're hoping to have it done, I think, next spring, but it really depends. I don't really know yet. I'll know once we have a better uh, plan of who we can interview, once we have a more – we're hoping to conduct all the filming this summer. Okay. Um, It kind of depends on if we try to go out to the West Coast or other things that that may come up, but uh, we're hoping to do that. So we'll be in post-production throughout the fall, and then I have to find out from my partners and from Bayonet how long the editing, that whole side of it is the part I'm learning as new co-director. Right. So, yeah. I mean, maybe – I don't know. We'll we'll keep everybody posted as we figure it out. It it may be sooner, but spring winter spring is a safe assumption. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that sounds good. So people can support it now and look forward to it coming out um, you know, next year. Within sometime. the next year for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 And one other question I have for you is I, yeah. I know you like the letter E a whole lot. Yeah, um what is your favorite thing to print? Oh. Um I love to print wood type. It's just I like to combine several different, um, not within one line. I kind of like the solid, like the beauty of one single wood type word with something else that complements it really well. Mm -hmm. Um, Like like an ornament of some kind? Yeah, that's my other favorite thing to do. I'm really lucky because my dad makes wood type ornaments. I like to take them and then layer them and then... And then pivot the entire form to get that second, that overlap. And maybe that's why I was really wanted to design the chromatic was the the effect you get with letterpress that you don't always plan is, I think, what's so phenomenal because the ink is semi-transparent. And so where the letter forms or where the ornaments overlap and you get that great surprise color, that extra bit of texture is just the best part. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's really awesome what you're doing. I wish you all the best. And I think I need to log on and reserve one of those ornaments for myself here. Um, (laughs) So when I get my press, I'll be ready. If anyone wants a combination, I know Kickstarter is a pain because you can't get multiple rewards. But like if someone wants an 8x10 print and an ornament, just message me and I can make a combination like special whatever. Oh, cool. Okay. So people can yeah, kind of pick what they want. Really look forward to, to seeing the film when it comes out. I'm very excited about this. So thank you for doing this. I think this is really wonderful to document this because um, it's something that really needs to happen. So I'm so glad you're doing it. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me about it. No problem. Well, that was fun. I had a great time talking to Erin and I hope you enjoyed it too because letterpress printing is not going out of style. I don't care what anybody says, folks. I'm a journalist who lost her job (laughs) and I still believe in the printed word. In fact, I am probably more attracted to it now than I ever was. 
There's something about inking those letters or inking a block like I do with my etching press and cranking it through and peeling the paper off, or in my case, the fabric off, and seeing how the print turned out. Oh, man. If you haven't had that experience, you need to because it is fun and it's addictive and it's wonderful. And I just think it's so fabulous that Aaron is making such a concentrated effort to bring all these letterpress artists together and create something that is going to help tell the story to the next you know, generations about what happened when technology moved in and the letter presses started collecting dust and then the artists got wind of it and decided, hey, that is not right. We need to get these things going again. And that's exactly what they did. And I hope that within the next year, I hope that I'm one of those people that has a story to tell about moving a press and fumbling around trying to get it to work and all that. Because I am really wanting to be part of this <laughs> so bad. So for right now, I'm living vicariously through Erin and all of her pals in the letterpress world. And I look at my font, and I actually have some a Hamilton font that I, it's not in front of me right now, but I want to say it's big, man. It's like three-inch sans serif type. And I also have some, um, another font too that's not wood, but it's just so fun. It's absolutely fun. And uh, I want to just encourage you now, those of you who've listened to the story that Erin told, um, you know, if you feel so inclined, go check out her, her Kickstarter page. I'll put a link on Craft Sanity. You can see some clips from the film. As of right now, she has 11 days to go. And I'm looking at this on Monday, May 11th. And um, so she's not quite, well, she's about halfway to her funding goal. She's trying to raise 65000 to fund this letterpress film. And um, she's at about thirty two nine. So she needs our help. And I do plan to go over there and um, offer some support because I love letterpress and I love the whole concept of documenting knowledge and the people who make this whole art form go and the people who keep it alive. I, I want to meet those people on the screen. If I can't meet them in person, I'd like to meet them on the screen. I want to direct you over to craftsanity.com where I have posted a new video tutorial series. I am kind of getting my YouTube channel ramped up and I used to do weekly TV segments on uh, the local TV station here in Grand Rapids, WZZM. I was on the show Take 5 every Friday. You know, this was one of these gigs that I did for a period of years. I don't remember exactly how long. It was two or three years and maybe longer. It was really fun, but it got to a point where my husband's schedule changed and he was driving the kids to school on Friday when I did my segment, and then his schedule changed, and he wasn't home to take them to school. So I had to, you know, stop doing the segments, and um, and it was fine because my my life got really busy. But what I found is that when I was doing these segments, I always felt like I had more to say, and there was more I wanted to tell the viewer, and I couldn't because we only had four minutes, sometimes less. So what I have decided to do is I decided to expand my team. Here at Craft Sanity, I've been largely a one-woman show with tons of love and support, a lot of technical support, from my husband, Jeff Haywood. He's the voice you hear on this podcast, not the singer, the talker, <laughs> and he's the one who actually helped me like launch this whole concept. Craft Sanity would not exist without Jeff, but at the same time, he works all day, and when he comes home from work, I really don't want to pile on a bunch more Craft Sanity work onto his plate, so... What I've decided to do is bring on a former student, Jonathan Lopez. He is somebody who did the stop-motion animation collaboration with me a while back, and that was very successful. Uh, yeah, we've realized that we work really well together and that we have um, a lot of similar interests. We both like to make things, and we like to tell other people how to make things. We are kind of like a MacGyver tag team. When one of us gets stumped, oh, like, yeah, I'm not really sure. The other person usually can figure out, okay, what to do next. And we kind of feed off of each other as far as that kind of like let's solve the problem and get stuff done quickly. So uh, I brought John on as the multimedia editor at Craft Sanity. And that means he's going to be doing some photography work and also um, a lot of video production work. And he, um, 
is also surprised me by uh, expressing an interest in wanting to kind of be on these tutorials with me. Like I, we had talked about that, but I didn't think he was serious and uh, come to find out he's very serious and uh, quite funny too, which it's, it's kind of funny to um, do these tutorials with him. So I taught him how to weave before Mother's Day so he could make his mom some pot holders using Craft Sanity Looms. So um, I'm not going to just bore you folks with just me in front of a camera. Uh, there may be some times when it will be just me in front of a camera, but uh, Jonathan is along for the ride for sure. And also I am uh, going to be actively seeking opportunities to get other people in front of the camera with me as well. So right now my studio is a pretty much a disaster, so I can't really... Um, <laughs> have a lot of people come in before I get the whole thing cleaned up, but um, I'm thinking about going on location as well, and then obviously I do want to have my studio looking presentable, because that'll just be great for all of us who live in this uh, Craft Sanity headquarters. So yeah, so if you head over to the Craft Sanity YouTube channel, or you can go to craftsanity.com and click the links over to um, to see those tutorials. We, the, the first one is a weaving one, it's a, a two-parter. Um, it's about um, how to make t-shirt loopers, or loopers out of t-shirts for weaving, and then um, how to weave the pot holder, and then finish the pot holder. And then uh, another uh, show that I'm going to be releasing on Wednesday is going to be showing the continuous strand weaving technique. And we had a, there's a blooper reel with that one already. We are only on the second um, second installment of this uh video tutorial series and we already have a blooper reel so it's kind of hilarious and keep in mind that we're doing these like one take um, we're not reshooting stuff there are no cue cards uh, I really don't roll that way I don't script anything out I live a life unscripted and I'm pretty serious about that so it's not going to be super perfect um, but I'm not super perfect so you know what I'm not gonna put on I'm not gonna pretend like I am so I'm gonna have fun and uh, do this and we'll see We'll see if you guys like it. So you can um, let me know what you think. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And we'll kind of go from there. And to answer, if any of you are wondering, like, is she going to do tutorials on anything besides her looms? The answer is yes, a resounding yes. I started with the loom tutorials because I've been selling looms since 2009, and I have not done a proper video tutorial, which I can't even explain why I didn't do that. It does not make any sense. Um, I've shown people how to thread Juki sewing machines and do free motion quilting on Juki sewing machines. And I've not done, you know, a really a proper tutorial on my own product. I can't explain it. Uh, besides to say, I'm just really not a salesperson, apparently. I hope you enjoy the tutorials. Even if you don't weave, you might want to tune in. There are some kind of hilarious moments in, in these things. And I'm not just saying this because I secretly wish to be a comedian someday. I guess it's not so secretly that I wish this. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to sign off now because it's going on way too long. I'm going to be back with a, another podcast next week. It's an interview with Michelle Muska, who those of you who go to uh, craft trade shows, you've probably seen her bopping around. She works with Simplicity Creative Group, and she's also a quilter and a crafter and um, an artist. And she has a new book out called Quilting the New Classics. And we're going to talk about that and what she does professionally and the overlap and all these things. So I think you're going to like that episode. So, all right, I'll be back soon. In the meantime, craft sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at craftsanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at craftsanity.etsy.com. Same time next.